0: Hello,
1: and welcome to another edition of Cybersecurity Chronicles. In this edition, we are going to be talking about business email compromise. The good, the bad,
0: and the ugly. Let's take it away.
1: So, Stanley and Sean, good
0: to be back. How are you guys doing? Doing well, James. Good, excellent.
1: So the the topic of this uh, episode, Stanley, would you like to explain a little bit more behind it? Yeah, we, we... Unfortunately, we keep saying the business email compromise and as known as phishing attack or scams that continues to happen in our life, even though that we see this type of news being quote unquote old news, but it still happens in our daily life. And that's why we want to emphasize and we want to our audience to have something to take away the good side of what. This type of event could lead to, and hopefully they can, you know, uh, um, listen and learn something from this, and, and as a takeaway on this episode. And the reason why we want to bring this up is to start, you know, last year, and actually we heard this many times. And last year, in this case, that uh, one of our clients' business. Um, they lost their business because of through this uh, phishing attack that one of the employee wire a huge amount of money and into another account um, that we, you know, of course, that we were just providing some network support services and they didn't consult with us on, and, and we didn't provide any cybersecurity measure. So they had another vendor to set up their firewall, their spam filtering process, and all of that. Ending up that you know this customer has lost their business as a consequences. And we mentioned about in our now early episode talking about some of the IT support services that they basically are not cybersecurity professionals. And they are just doing it as the cheapest way or the easiest way or their friends and relationship with the CEO or the company (laughs) and things like that. And that is the kind of story, the bad story that we heard. And of course, this week that fast forward to today, and we're still hearing this type of story. And on Monday, it just happened to one of our clients. And I think Sean was really deep involved with this. And. And I let Sean to share the details of it, um, but that's why it's so concerning. It's kind of, you know, it might make my heart stop a few beats at that time. But uh, let's, let's,
0: let's, Sean, please help me out with um, yeah. The details. So, so the one you just told is really sort of the bad. That's that is a really bad incident where somebody falls victim and they lose their business. And uh, in this particular case, uh, our customer has a customer, uh, and our customer is used uh, on the, in the spoof uh, email to compromise their customer in a business email compromise. And so the, our customer's customer ended up sending money because they were told there was a change in a payment process that they had probably going to have an issue with the checks so, could they just wired the money to this account. And so the customer was like, okay, and engaged in an email correspondence with the attacker saying, okay, and uh, wired the money. When our customer called the check on the payment, they said, I wired it to you last week. And so we got involved in the investigation because our customer was involved in it and were able to demonstrate to our customer that it was not their uh It was not a breach on their side, and uh, ultimately the fortunate is their customer was able to get their money back from the receiving bank, and uh, so that was a fortunate case. In the right case was another customer of ours who received an email from the CEO, uh, apparently they thought it was, uh, and it was wiring instructions for a new vendor and they needed to send the money right away. Well, fortunately, the the our customer listening to us had put a financial transaction control policy in place that when a dollar amount was exceeded, it required verbal confirmation of the instructions. And so because this was over the amount, the accounting department just to expedite things, set everything up, ready to go, but waited till they got a hold of the CEO for verbal confirmation. And when that was declined, they did some digging and they were able to identify that it was a business email compromise. And fortunately, no money was ever transacted uh, from their bank account to anywhere else. So that's the good thing. Uh, it does happen that if you do have the proper policies and controls in place, you can prevent these things. And so, some of the lessons in all of these are really uh, this is why we talk about supply chain. Because this is relationships that you have in business that are being used against organizations because they're, they appear to be coming from a legitimate email address, a legitimate f- partner in your business operations. And it's being sent to people that just procedure, okay, okay, okay. And you need to have checks and balances in place to make sure things are done the proper way. And so that's why it's important that people in your supply chain, you understand what they do and how they operate and how they try to stay secure. If you don't, you have a chance of falling victim to this. It's also important to understand that you have your things configured the proper way because in our investigation, we, f- we were able to identify in the, the case where they got the money back that their mail exchange was not properly configured, nor was their email filtering software properly configured to have identified the spoof which we saw indicators was a spoof in the headers of the email when we started doing the investigation, the forensic investigation. And so with all of this, we ended up with probably about 10 different indicators that this was the victim's misconfiguration and not our customer's misconfiguration or controls. And so that's important to be able to to demonstrate that uh, and in some cases, you know, it illustrates an ROI for our customer, the value that we can bring in what we do for them. And so those are some of the things you look for. Uh, but I, I would just share with people, if if you think that you have been a victim of an email compromise uh, for any particular reason, uh, the things, there's some steps to do. Um, contact your local law enforcement officers. Uh, your local law enforcement, while they they may say, well, well, it's probably in Eastern Europe right now, can't really do a whole lot to help you get your money back. (laughs) It's important that you file a a police report because your insurance policy may require it. Uh, And so it's important just to have it at least on record that this happened. When these things happen, oftentimes they'll get picked up by the news too and it gets talked about. And if it's talked about, then it brings awareness to people that these things go on. The other is to contact your bank uh, and let them deal with the receiving bank. And in the, the fortunate case, they because of that relationship, the banks have a lot of controls. And in this $40,000 transaction, there are some holds that go on in international banking now uh, to prevent this kind of stuff from going on, to prevent money laundering from happening. And so fortunately, the banks were able to return, reverse the money and get those things straight. And then the third thing is, Contacting the FBI's uh, internet, the, I, the I3C, uh, which is their uh, online crime center reporting, that is information that feeds into this. And what they do is they profile how it was done. And oftentimes they have ways to maybe help get involved with the banks to find out what's going on and get money back sometimes. But it does. it is important that you feed this information into the FBI because they do have a large database. And they can certainly be a huge help in doing this stuff.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Sean. You talking about you know the ROI um, and, yeah. and the awareness, <laughs> and and I think that that we cannot emphasize enough um, staff awareness training provides the best ROI for any organization. It just uh, you know educations training goes a long way in terms of. You know to save yourself headache and to provide the peace of mind and you know this is the type of thing do you do you mind to elaborate it again and and emphasize what we do in the yeah. staff awareness training and and you know just provide it to our audience and i i hope the business executive is listening you know how important it is to train your staff and and the Like you you mentioned, this fortunate case, again, it's a small company. There's only 10 people in that organization. So it's very easy to set up policy and procedures to manage the financial transactions. But more importantly is to train these 10 people just to start watching out for this type of phishing email attack. And maybe you can share how we do it with with our clients at this point, Sean.
0: Yeah. yeah, so it, it's about making your employees aware of, of two things. One, the, their actions have an impact on the business, that you rely upon them to protect the business as much as you do anything else. And showing them examples of things that could happen uh, in the in the, just the course of them doing business, their their daily work for the company, illustrating how that can adversely affect the business and then what they can do to identify certain things. Not a lot different than doing fire drills for companies. You know, buildings, if you're in a building with a bunch of different businesses, you do fire drills and everybody ends up in the parking lot. Okay, we got it. Everybody knows what to do. Same sort of thing here is, Identify emails, learn to identify emails that may be unusual. Don't just accept them blindly. Um, You know, for good or bad, uh, some of the email platforms have gotten really good at filtering this stuff out. So you don't often see them in your personal email as much as you used to. Uh, But business emails, not always as robust uh, at picking this stuff up and especially if it's really good well-crafted phishing attack uh to get this money from a company they can kind of get through the systems but it's important to be able to figure out well it's unusual that i got this email with these kind of instructions that's not normal if it's not normal, the old bank account that's already new wiring instructions i don't remember why we're wiring the money to this vendor um you know He just told me to send a check. Now, why is he telling me to wire the money? I don't understand this. Um, So it's about educating your employees and then going through fish testing. We do this with our customers. We fish test them. You know, it's (laughs) one of the things we like doing, especially around NCAA basketball tournament time, about pools and sending stuff out about that kind of stuff to kind of get people to trick them to click on links that they shouldn't. Um, But sending stuff about Facebook. Uh, or or Twitter or funny cat video links and seeing if they click them, and they really shouldn't. And so, while our our phishing simulations are not malicious, it does take them to pages that says eh, maybe you shouldn't have clicked on this. And uh, so we do kind of keep score and let our cu- our customers at the management level know who who's happy clickers and who's a bit more cautious in reporting this stuff uh, as a phishing attack. A suspicious email and so it is about education and it's about so it's about educating them about what could happen what things look like and it's about training with these fish simulations And learning repeated habits to identify these things is the training process.
1: Yeah, let me tell you
0: another story. That's an interesting one too about,
1: you know, and and watching out for the headers. You talk about that because recently (laughs) I got an invitation on a fellowship. You know, it's like, oh, you've been invited (laughs) because of what you have done and blah, blah, blah. So okay, I actually fall into as a victim, and I, you know, I follow the whole procedure, sending some uh, <laughs> sensitive PII, it's like, and then, you know, after I th- sending all of that without thinking too much of it, I did do the initial research, checking out the website, and making sure they are who they are. And then they were gonna and in, in send me, uh, they did send me an interview link uh, via Google. To you know have me interview and in as part of the process after I did all that, <laughs> and then I noticed hmm, the email address was different as <laughs> it did i phone to the same victim and what we've been educating to our you know audience and our client, so i actually i I have my team uh my pen tester start doing the investigation, and luckily. That it was their old website domain. It, it basically it looks different. It was the only difference was between an A on the now the new current website domain and an I in the middle of their name. Okay, I'm not going to mention the name, but it was just one character different. And so in the original thought process, oh, you know, it's the same. It didn't even pay too much attention. Yeah. But because of what happened on our client's case, and then it make me look again, it, oh my goodness, there's only one character different. But that triggers the investigation process. Luckily, you know, it was because it was, they had an old domain name versus a new domain name in this case. But I think we all human, we all make this type of mistakes. And it's very easy to fall into this type of trick. And Sean, you have mentioned they are getting better and better at it. And from a normal layman's perspective, how can you check? I mean, I I, I claim myself as a professional in this field. I make the same mistakes too, um, but fortunately, yeah. this case it wasn't you know that bad. So again, tell us, Sean. You know, I'm, I'm a layman. How can we? How can they do anything better than? You know, like now you got solar wind hack, sunburst, the government cases, you know, all this BEC phishing attack. What can they do? You know, it feels like that we are fighting an endless battle that we are constantly, you know, uh, and we can't do our own job if we keep worrying about
0: all these things. The easiest thing is to hire qualified people to monitor the cybersecurity for you. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> but it, it's, it is learning little things just like you did. The domain didn't match. When you reply to an email, uh, taking a look that it's going back to who you think it's going to, um, even if you do reply all, uh, making sure that it's going back to the people that you expected to go back to. And those sort of things. So when, you know, The victim received the email. It looked that it was coming from a legitimate email address. But in the reply, it was going to an entirely different email address. And they never noticed that it was going to an entirely different email address when they were replying to the emails. From a header standpoint, they were using a, a misconfigured website of a legitimate company to pivot off of their website for the attack. So even in the headers, there was a lot of triggers or flags in the header of the email, things that we users typically don't see, uh, but the technology people see, or can see, is that the attack was coming from an email address, pivoting off of a legitimate website, and was displaying a legitimate uh, email address that they would have expected to see it from. And so when we, that was one of the things that we were able to show is that it was coming from a generic email uh, disposable email address uh, domain, and then using a legitimate website that was misconfigured, and their contact us form was being used to then uh, spoof, use the displaying of the legitimate email address. How do you prevent these things? It's educating your employees, it's checking the configurations, it's making sure that your email exchanges are set up properly, and that you're properly configuring email filtering software uh, to catch these things. If it's done properly, these things are are pretty good at uh, catching the spoofed emails. Not all of them, not all of them, but a good number of them, and it is a way to reduce your attack uh, profile. Uh, by having these things properly configured
1: and it's a team effort and I, I keep it is educating, a team effort. I keep educating everybody telling that everyone nobody knows it all uh, and we don't know it all you know big organization that doesn't know it all and it takes all of us and and you know and I go out and teach us, uh, our clients staff. You know, starting from your personal side, just think yep. about you treating the company digital assets as your personal assets because they are you know it is the same if you look at it at the end of the day, if that business crumbled up like the one that we had you know I had uh, um known to, then they lost their job too. The staff lost yep. the job it's the financial relationship it's also like a supply chain. You know, if the company you work for go bankrupt because of a phishing attack, well, you know, you get you are the part of the victim as well too. So Mm -hmm. think of it from a personal point of view, and that's why we gave out you know, during this educational training to their staff and you know, it's like, okay, here are the free tools, you know, using MFAs, um, getting used to the MFA because we know password doesn't work anymore. As part of our new benchmarking and new way of doing things, we actually starting to ditch password because we know that fail miserably and it failed right. many mm-hmm. times. So now we insist it to have we you know using Two, um, uh, even three, authentication method. Yeah, password is still one and your of your employees um, you are going to cry phone. and
0: complain about having to use MFA because it's an extra step and they don't want to do it. You know what? People cry and complain about using seatbelts in cars too. There you go. But it you saves life. So, so, but it does. And if it saves a business life, then you got to do it. And, and you know, the final thing is put a financial transaction policy in your company. If it's over a certain dollar amount, verify before you just go ahead and do it. That's a simple that's a simple thing. Hey, everybody, if we're gonna send money to somebody, if it's over a thousand dollars, don't do it until you get call somebody on the phone. Pick up the phone, speak to someone. Don't use email, don't use text. Get a verbal authorization. So little little tips and tricks. Well, great stuff, uh, Stanley and Sean. I, I was listening intently. I,
1: I totally agree. I think um, the only thing I was going to say is that the training for the executives is just as important as the team, right, about these concepts.
0: In, in so some cases, it may be more top. important. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, so Education for everyone. I, I totally agree. So thanks again for sharing some great examples. I think it will help a lot of people understand the importance of, of this topic. So um, thanks to you both. Um, look sure. forward to you on the thanks, next James. episode.